This episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, this is Raymond Andrew, and I'm this week's special guest and on this frequency. This week's guest is uh, Raymond Andrew Castro, his government name. Ray, (laughs) he is a loyal human being, a husband, a father, a barber, a photographer, a DJ. He's a dear friend of mine. I met Ray first as a photographer. My brother, Michael Moda, recommended him for a company event that I was producing. Ray took one of my favorite pictures of me in the middle of a speech I was giving to the company, mic in hand and the stakeholders behind me. I consider that picture to represent a moment in time where I felt I was at the height of my career as a leader in that organization. Little did I know at that time that Ray would become essentially family to me and would one day come on board with the Rose City Sound family as our content creator and DJ. Ray is also known as a conversationalist, and we've had some thoughtful therapy sessions that have covered everything from relationships, parenting, career moves, music, mental health, street life. We've covered it all. Mm. You can find Ray's work as a photographer on Instagram at Raymond underscore Andrew and as our content creator at Rose City Sound underscore. So, Ray. Ray, you do a lot, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to On This Frequency. I'm really glad that you're sitting here with us today and we're able to have um, this conversation. And, you know, if, if anyone knows Ray, um, he can he can shoot the shit with you with about just about anything. Um, so a real cool cat. And um, this particular episode, Ricky and I decided that Getting to know Ray and knowing who you are, we thought the topic of fatherhood would be pretty dope to discuss with you. You know, let us know what it what your experience has been like. And so, but before we get into all of that fun stuff, um, Ricky and I have been working pretty hard and talking back and forth about what's on this frequency look like in 2022. What new things do we want to bring in? What changes do we need to make? Because we mastered uh, moments of rage. We started moments of rage as a segment to talk about our angry moments in life. Yeah. And then we quickly realized without really knowing how to deal with those moments of rage. And as the year went on, we had less and less moments of rage and they transitioned to something else. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we decided, all right, out with that. And now we're introducing moments of laughter. (laughs) And so, you know, you'll be able to listen to whatever sparked joy in us in our social media routines and scrolling, um, sometimes we'll have people submitting um, their laughter moment or laugh, laugh what, what would it be, a, a meme or a video reel or a TikTok that was funny as hell mm. 
from one of our listeners or something that Ricky and I found on the internet, and we'll share it with, <laughs> with you know, with you guys here, so so you guys can have a good laugh with us. Um, but let's get into our first moment of laughter. Yeah, this one was submitted by uh, Jessica Ray, and I say submitted because um, I did come home one day, and I say home. I went to go and visit her, and she knew that I had a really long and rough day. Yeah, and it's almost like she had this thing ready and queued up right. for the moment that I walked in the door, and as soon as she played it. I mean, I started rolling on the floor, just laughing, and it kind of broke the ice to the energy that I was already bringing into the moment. So that's the power of laughter. So we need it. All right, let's hear it. And one, one, what's your emergency? There's a bottle of conditioner in me. What? My wife and I belong to a wholesale club and got a really big bottle of Mother Jeffrey's male hair conditioner. Uh huh. We were in the shower and we put it in me, and but it went all the way in. Your wife <laughs> put the bottle in um, in my um in my uh, my behind. We're going to send an ambulance. Can you wait? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you all right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just a little surprised. I would be surprised, too. Um, I'm sorry, one second. Sweetie, surprised. can you please get the cat out of here? Uh, the ambulance is about four <laughs> minutes away. Oh, no. I can really feel it. Bottle? I think I'm going to see. Is that bad? <laughs> hey, it came out. <laughs> well, where's the cat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like. Where, where did you guys find that? I don't know where just found that, but my favorite part of it was when the cat goes in, and he's like, "Can you get the cat out?" <laughs> and then, and then when the when the, the, lady the bottle hits the floor, <laughs> the sound yes. effect. And he's like, "Where's the cap? Where's the cap?" But the lady is like, "You know, can are you able to wait?" Yeah, yeah, I can wait. <laughs> All calm. I'm okay. <laughs> what were you guys doing in there? Listen. What was the idea of that? Yeah, that that's a random ass search. Ass <laughs> <laughs> search. Yeah. I don't even want to know what came after <laughs> no, that search. God, like, no. <laughs> right. I just I just imagine the uh the paramedics that show up on scene like what they're walking into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Like how am I going to approach this right now in a very serious way? Or like, is there a serious do, way to approach this? How does that call come out on the scanner? <laughs> Listen, I go back to the cat. I feel like the cat was waiting for that bottle to come. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw you motherfucker. I saw what oh you did in there. God. Like, uh, yeah, we have a a male with a <laughs> Shampoo bottle up his ass. <laughs> Wait, can you repeat that? Oh man, he People, said that shit calm though. He did, and like, that it didn't it didn't hurt him at all. It did. <laughs> Listen, this is he probably like, hey, yeah. I got it stuck. He very they, nonchalant. Him and his spouse or partner, whatever, probably do some kinky ass shit. They probably don't do this. This probably wasn't his first time. I wonder what the conversation was after afterwards. Like, well, thank God you spit on it. For <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't he say, where's the cap? Yeah. He said, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. But, all right. Well, with that, let's let's fucking get into this. Ray. Yo. You know, um, like Ricky said, you've been, you've been here. You're able to take our photos. Um, we have cool conversations. You're the type of person i believe that we want to have here in this studio mm. you're not just like all right i'm gonna take the pictures i'm gonna go there's always something that we're enlightened by mm. with your conversation yes. I um that. 
you enjoy taking things a little bit deeper. And unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to have that many conversations with you mm. that are like that. But we'd be talking about food like, man, this is <laughs> you glory. Know what, we, we may not have many. Yeah. But the ones we have had. Yeah. Are like, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Like even on the drive back, like, oh, this, <laughs> this is really what we were talking about. Uh-huh. Mm. And it's not pointless shit. No. no. None that, of that, it is. That's, that's one thing that I appreciate is we don't ever have like pointless ass conversations. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so, um, tell us a little bit about your, I mean, you have two kids. You want to tell us um, their ages? How? Yeah. I got, I got a little boy, 10. Uh, and then I got my daughter. She's the boss. She's okay. the boss. She's five. Oh. Um, married. Yeah. We've been together longer than we've been married. Mm-hmm. So How long? Uh, uh, we've been together since 2007. Oh, wow. So, yeah. A lot of rocky on and off. Yeah. But we've been together since 2007. Then 2011, we mm. had our little dude. Uh-huh. And we got married in 2015. Nice. There you go. And then... 2016 my daughter was born oh i love that that's beautiful and when natalie and i were talking about because we did say we could talk about anything with right like there would be any topic that we could cover but i mentioned to natalie that fatherhood was an important topic because i found that within our conversations between ray and i yeah Fatherhood comes up a lot. And some of my favorite conversations are when he's talking about what his kids did. Yeah. What they talked about. What they... It's it's almost... And I think I... It's an outstanding topic. And I think that I love the passion that he has for his family, for his kids, Mm -hmm. and how he deals with them. Because I don't think he treats them like little kids. Okay. I think Ray treats them like little people. Okay. You know, like... Talks like, to them, <laughs> and I like that. That's that, like that, you're an adult, that, well, right? I do, mm-hmm. but that also gets me in trouble. Mm. <laughs> but in trouble by them, or like it comes back and bites no, no, you, no, no, or no. It, it gets me in, in trouble more. So, like, as a mom, uh, or a future mom, uh-huh. you wouldn't want your significant other talking to your child a certain way. Right? I see. Yeah. So for me, it's one of those <laughs> things where I always got to like kind of like reassure her. I'm not doing this for nothing. Like, yeah. the reason why I'm talking to my son this way yeah. is because of this. And the yeah. reason why I speak to my daughter this way or do things this way with my daughter is mm-hmm. because of this. Mm-hmm. It's never like he's just being an asshole, which, right. I, which I get a lot. The thing is, people are always like, oh, he's an ass. He's Ray's an ass. always told me that. And I'm, I've never, I mean, I guess I could see why people would say that about Ray. Uh-huh. But that's never been my experience meaning he's told me some asshole things right but i don't take it like that i take it like i needed to hear that asshole thing yeah so, yeah the thing too is some people just don't know they've never been spoken to like they were mm. adults right? <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you're gonna out and it goes back to like with my kids like with my son I always tell him if you're gonna act a certain way that's how i'm gonna treat you yeah so if you want to act like a grown man yeah i'm gonna treat you like one if you cut your eyes at me if you have a certain tone when you speak to me, mm-hmm. I'm going to treat you how that response is going to be. Right, because right. Because outside these doors, uh-huh. I love you and I care uh-huh. in here and out there. Uh-huh. But when you leave and I'm not around, right. no one cares. Right. Right? No one cares 
to that treat you like to like, nurturing. Oh, yeah, it's okay. No, like baby. <laughs> if you cut your eyes at the wrong person, yeah. that might not go right. You right. Know? So right. It's one of those things where it's like you got to mold them. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not nurturing. I assume that you're nurturing, um, that you nurture your kids in a different way besides the fact like, oh, I'm talking to you like this doesn't mean that I'm oh, a strict I, I have, jerk I have, parent. I have or, steps, right? Yeah. So it's just like, if if I got to speak to you a certain way, like, I'm going to speak to you calmly, like, right? right. One, two, three times. Mm-hmm. If I got to tell you, like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Or, hey, mm-hmm. how about, can you do this for me? And I'm going to tell you a couple times. And if it gets to the point where I have to raise my voice and you don't like it, well, why the hell did you make me raise my voice? Mm. Because I've already told you four or five times yeah. to do or not to do something yeah. or explained why you shouldn't do something, uh-huh. you know? And, and it always ends with me out, like, with my son. My daughter, not so much because she's only five, mm-hmm. right? But with my son, I always tell him, like, look, dude, when I speak, nicely to you mm-hmm. you're not listening to what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it's not until i have to raise my voice and be more aggressive mm-hmm. and you're just like it'll it'll put you in that point where you're like at attention i gotta listen now now yeah. i gotta listen but then at the same time your feelings are hurt yeah oh yes simultaneously so and i, and I always i had to explain to them like well would your feelings be hurt if you would have just listened when i had asked you politely the no, first they wouldn't four be. or you're five right. times yeah mm. right and so I always tell them, like, either you're not listening mm-hmm. or you don't comprehend it mm-hmm. or you just don't care. Yeah. I was like, and if you don't care, then we're going to have a problem. Right. Right. So and not necessarily a problem, me and him, but you can't go through life not caring. Right. right. You can't go through life not worrying about. And not having consequences at the same time, yeah. because at this point, like how you're saying, if you're not listening to me, then either you're blowing your, in a sense, having being disrespectful or you don't think this is important or mm-hmm. you just don't give a shit. And then later on when you're supposed to give a shit and it's not going to yeah, be coming be from me. Late. Yeah, you're going to you're going to get those consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think? Um, what do you think? So your parenting style, let's just say this is your parenting style, right? You talk to them a certain way so that they can get their point across. Is is this the way that you kind of were brought up or where does Negative. that come from? Negative. Mm. Or did you, or like, are you learning as you go or? Um, I think every parent learns as they go. I yeah. mean, you could even yep. look at Ricky. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm not going to put her number out there like that, but <laughs> right. with her children being significantly older than mine, mm-hmm. she's still learning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like, well, I think with everything in life, you're always going to be learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you stop learning, you mm. stop caring. Yeah. So mm. for me. Hold on. When you stop learning, you stop, you stop caring. caring. Damn. Where's your notebook, bro? <laughs> I know. That's why I repeated it so I could have an audio record I, of I it. Feel, I feel like I have. Like she has a notebook just for our conversation. I have no. <laughs> not only do I have a notebook of our conversations, mm-hmm. I also have a digital notebook of mm-hmm. our conversations thank, because thanks to, the, thanks to the homie Nick Davis, by the way. <laughs> yes, thank you, Nick, because he definitely, again, he he drops these little wisdom sprinkles. Yeah, yeah, little gems, huh? Little gems like that. So, so can I ask, what was your upbringing like then? <laughs> <laughs> I was the one that a lot of people didn't think was going to do much, right? Like, okay. So I, I am, I'm the baby okay. of the boys. Okay. So it's me and my little sister, but we're 10 years apart. Okay. So 
in essence, I'm the baby for like the cousins that grew up together. Okay. So it's just you and your sister. I have an older brother. And an older brother. Yeah. Okay. And then I have a brother that passed away at birth. Mm. But he, okay. he's uh, like a year older than my sister. Got it. Uh. But I was always the one that everyone was like, yo, chill, chill. Like they pushed me aside because they were all doing what they were going to do. Yeah. And like, yo, you're just like, nah, it's cool. You're, don't worry about it. Like kick back. You're good. Okay. So I was always kind of like left behind. So that happening, I used to always just watch. Right. Uh-huh. But that also made me. Like do shit my own way, okay. Which, in return, me doing shit my own way mm-hmm. caused a lot of attention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, I was the one. I did have cops at my house when I was a kid, like okay. you know. <laughs> I so was, you're a troublemaker. I wasn't necessarily a troublemaker. Okay. It was just more so. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Okay. Right? No matter what society says. Pretty much. All right, I got and you. But as far as the parenting side of it, the repercussions aren't the same. Mm. So I was the kid that, like, and and I say this, and maybe some parents will be like, oh, no kid ever deserves to be, like, hit Mm. or, like, treated that way, right? Mm. So when I look at the shit that I did Mm -hmm. and I look at the repercussions, I was like, well, yeah, I deserved it, Mm. right? And by no means... Do I want anyone to think, like, I condone beating the shit out of your kids? Because I don't. Right. And this is why I take the certain steps that I take with my right. children. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's just, like, my dad was raised a certain way. Right. So he raised us a certain way. Yeah. And I was just the one that I just, I was, like, my son. Yeah. And my daughter, did. I don't listen. I'm hard-headed. Mm. You're not going to tell me I can't do something. In life, like, later on in life, that worked out for me. Right. But... <laughs> As a child, no, right. With old, that old school mindset for parents, like, do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. So it's just like, if I say you can't do this, don't do it. Yeah. Right. If for me, if I tell my kid don't do this, and I see him keep on doing it, I'm gonna let him write it out until he figures out maybe that wasn't a good that idea. That wasn't a good choice. My dad would have right instantly. In yeah. the middle of me doing something he told me not to do, we're like, yo. Yeah. Like, do you think that <clears throat> it would, if your dad would have implemented strategies that you right now are implementing with your kids, it would have been effective for you? I, I don't know. I can't say that. Mm. Because how we were is, it, it molds who we become, right? Mm. So... Maybe if he would have been that way, I probably would have really been an asshole. Right. Mm. Right? Like, kind of like when you had your dad and your dad said, like, if I had this dad instead of that dad, I would have been a bigger asshole than I am now. 100%. Right? So, And it's the same thing. Like, if my dad didn't whoop my ass, maybe I would have been a bigger asshole because I was getting away with the shit that I was doing. I forgot my dad said that. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And, and I... So... We always say the generation improves and the generation gets better. And that's the whole point. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> from your dad, Ray, to his dad to now you with your children, you know, you you want to think that you took the best of your, your ancestors, the best and the worst, and you're applying that now with, with your babies in a, in a different way to encourage different things. Ray sent me, I think at the beginning of the year, 
and I'm, I'm going to look back at our pictures about uh, a picture about encouraging our kids or what was it? I think it was from Tupac's book. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly the, the exact words. I'd have to go back like you and but, get the messages. But but it was interesting because when Ray sent that to me and we talk about frequency and always, you know, being on the same frequency. Yeah. The day he sent me that, I the day previous to that, I had gone to go see um, with Jess. Spike Lee came out with his like a memoir, mm. his books. Right. OK. And um, at the end of his interview and him going over everything mm. he told the whole audience he said listen we have some serious dream killers out there mm. and he said some of our biggest dream killers are our parents ah. and he says you know he he said he spoke for himself that he was very fortunate that the family that he had around him yeah. nobody ever made him feel like he couldn't be a filmmaker a director ah. a storyteller no one ever made him feel that way yeah but that unfortunately, so many people do and, and are, we're limited by what our parents believe we can or cannot do. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was in my head. And I grappled with that for a little bit because I thought, yeah, you know, my parents in particular, mm -hmm. they could have been a little different. They could have been more encouraging or supportive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and you and I, Natalie, talk about it all the time. You do the best that you can. Right. You give it your best shot. And yes, you you think success when you're coming to this country is, you know, be a lawyer, a doctor, get yourself a house, like mm -hmm. those different types of, of achievements versus I want to be a museum curator or I want to be a writer or whatever the case may be. Right. Well, it, it's like a generic American dream. It is a generic American right? dream. Like, yeah. My dad came from Mexico. Yeah. So when he came out here and he always told us growing up, like, don't do what I did. Right. right? Oh, all the time. But... He still didn't understand what that meant. He was just telling me, right? Yeah. Because, like, till this day, he'll look at me and tell me, like, so being a barber, uh, the mindset for some people, mm -hmm. and I don't want to say common folk because that might be insulting to some people, mm -hmm. but for common people who are stuck doing nine to five, who are used to clocking in, clocking out, Repetitive. or going by this certain, like, this certain way that the handbook wrote out for them. Correct. Yeah. Of you're supposed to go to school. Yeah. You're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to finish college. You're supposed to find a good job and stick to that good job. That's like... Those societal norms right? that people so tell you to do. For my dad, it, I think it was that. And I don't want to say it was that because I'm not him. Right. right? But for him, he would always tell us, don't, don't do what I did. Right. Meaning, but when I look back at what my dad did, my dad came from Mexico. Yeah. After, like, living a life of raising all his siblings, yeah, he mm. came from Mexico to be one of the few, if not maybe one of the only ones in his family mm -hmm. to own his own house. That part. To still be married, mm -hmm. to, granted, some of the shit that I've done in my past, <laughs> I've never been locked up, yeah. right? So, to me, that's success. It is, yes. Yes, it Coming is. from where he yes. came from, that's success, right? A hundred percent. But he did it the way you're supposed to do it, the way, you know, quote yeah. unquote, the way you're supposed to fucking do it. Yeah. Well, he used to always tell me, like, don't do what I did. Uh-huh. So I always took, like, that mindset, like, I'm not, then I'm not going to do what you did. Right. You chose the route to clock in and clock out, which I'm totally fucking grateful for. The work ethic that, mm. that people see in me mm -hmm. or 
when they see like the zone that I lock into and how I don't come out of it when I'm doing something, mm-hmm. that's from him. Yeah. Mm. Because growing up, we didn't have much. So a lot of the things that we did was, you know, we got to fix this in the house. Yeah. Well, we couldn't hire someone to fucking do it for us. Right. So my dad was like self-taught. Before YouTube videos, Ooh, before all part. this shit, my dad taught himself right. how to do certain shit. Right. So he, at 13 years old, I was roofing my house with my, my dad. Jeez. Nice. Right. Right. So when I say like I didn't have a normal childhood, yeah. I didn't, but I still did. You learned a lot. I did learn a lot. I learned a lot young. Yeah. Right. And that probably goes with why people say like your maybe maturity or just the mindset isn't to where people your age is. I have mm-hmm. no idea how old Ray is because he he like that saying he has an old soul. Yeah. That's I resonate his energy with a timelessness. Yeah. Um, And just to comment on on the fact that what your dad said about don't do what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even say that. It, it's like he already went through all the obstacles mm-hmm. and went through all the hard shit. He sacrificed a lot to get to this point. Yes. You don't have to do any more of that sacrificing. Your path is better. Your and, path and is that's, different. That's exactly why even like when I look at the discipline yeah. that I was given, where it's just like a lot of that discipline probably came from the frustration, right? Mm. Like, yeah. And, and I get it because sometimes... Like, I, I've told my wife, like, I'm giving these kids the blueprint. Yeah. Mm. I'm giving them the answers to all the questions before they're even asked. Yeah. So when I'm telling you this is going to happen or that's going to happen and you choose not to listen, I'm getting frustrated as shit because I already told you. Yeah. Right? So when I look at the discipline that my dad gave, it I could see how that stemmed from that. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, don't do this. Right. Don't do that. Or <clears throat> if you're going to be out there doing this and that, don't think that's what you're going to be doing here. So not doing as I was told or taught the way he thought he was teaching. Yeah. A lot of that discipline probably came from the frustration of, I already gave you the answer. I already told bro. you this. Yeah. I've been telling you this and you're not listening. You know? And that's what's wonderful about it, right? So if you take what, what Ray's dad did, and like Ray said earlier, my dad was doing a nine to five. Uh-huh. And he was doing a nine to five to just sustain his family and and sustain a foundation here in the United States so that now Ray has the luxury. Yeah. The luxury of saying, I'm not going to work a nine to five. I'm going to make my own schedule, be my own schedule, do whatever it is that, you know, Mm -hmm. is going to bring me and my family righteousness. Mm -hmm. And now it's, so it makes you think like, dang, what are his kids going to do? But you know, right. Right? Because they're going to see that. And it's like, all right, the crazy part about that though, is like, so me growing up here, my dad taught me that shit. Like I said, I'm the baby of all the boys, right? So I would look at my cousins, and my cousins grew up not, and I didn't realize until I got older that they were looking at my dad, like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. Mm. So, Mm. in perspective, my dad just retired last June from the post office. Nice. So I believe he was there 34, 35 years. Wow. Well, two of my cousins who, like, looked up to my dad, I guess you could say. One's, like, a, like one of the heads in the, in the post office out in, like, L.A. area. Wow. And then I have another cousin that's doing the same thing. So it's just, like, what they thought they were missing as far as, like, maybe, like, a, a father figure. Like, they have their fathers. Right. Um, but 
And just as far as like, sometimes the person in front of you isn't the person you look up to, right? That's so true. They probably, I, and I didn't realize, maybe they did look at my dad as he was doing it the right way. So they jumped into that same avenue. So hearing my dad tell me, don't I do see. what I did. Yeah. I'm like, yo, why? But, you know, mm. my cousin here right. is doing it. My cousin there is doing it. Why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. But the only thing that sucks about that where I realize maybe my dad still doesn't know what that means mm. is when he found out that. So let me date you guys back to like my graduation party. Yeah. What don't, year was that? Don't look at me funny, way because this was in 04. <laughs> 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 this was an old four. I, I, we don't got to ask. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> Ricky, no, it's, okay. it's not good with math. You, you graduated <laughs> in 04 too. Don't worry about it. She's so sweet. So like the night of my graduation party, I told my dad and my mom, because they had asked me after everything was done, like, so what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know, but I don't, I don't want to go to college. Like, mm. College is not my shit. That didn't sit well with them. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. my dad came from where he came from. He's like, no, you know. You know, and my right. brother's my brother's already in college. He's living his life going that way. My brother is very intelligent yeah. academically. And I'm not saying that as an insult, but he and academically he's was in high school was, was very, very intelligent. Right. Always got shit quick. Yeah. So when my dad and my mom heard that, it didn't sit well with them. Yeah. And then they asked, like, so what are you gonna do? And then I even I was like, you know what? I'm gonna DJ. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I was 17. Mm-hmm. Was, I was, <laughs> seven, that's that's I was definitely not part of the American dream of def- like what you def- do. Def- you don't do that. Not. <laughs> not 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 a Mexican's American dream. No. Right. So right. they kind of looked at me like, oh, I love that. You're like you're not. What what's that? <laughs> what are you gonna like, do with that? What are you gonna do with that? Like I got records. That shit ain't make me money. Right. Like oh. I spent money to get those things. Yeah. You know. So it's just like. <laughs> I knew that the, that was the avenue I wanted to go. I didn't know that. At some point, though, I Damn. remember I had I had extra money, and my dad was was just like, "Well, when are you gonna start DJing?" <laughs> right? And I was just like, "Well, I'm saving money." Like I was, I I didn't start working yet because I was just fresh out of high school. So my dad was just like, "If you give me an answer, let's see the work." Right. All right. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Orale, let's go. I started like saving a little bit of money here and there that I had. And then he was just like, well, you have enough to get what you want, yeah. right? Yeah. Mind you, this whole time, he's very reluctant to, like, be like, yo, right. this, is gonna be right. this is going to be a fucking great career for you, son. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like biting his lip. Yeah. So, But I'm just like, I'm, I'm almost there. He's like, well, the main part, he goes, obviously, you need turntables. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, You'll, we'll find records. You can find records or whatever. I got records. Mm-hmm. We'll get you those. Mm-hmm. So I go to Sam Ash, pick up. The DJ in a box that they used mm. to sell back in the day. Yeah. And it was like two new marks. They're bout driven, which if anyone DJs, wow. they know bout driven turntables fucking suck. <laughs> and and the mixer. And I just, obviously I don't have no speakers, right? Mm. I didn't have enough money for the speakers. So my dad was just like, get what you're going to get and what you need. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough, I'll pay the rest. So mm. he paid the rest for me to get a PA system to go with wow. my turntables. Nice. Well, to this day, I still have that PA system. Stop. Like, I have it put away. I still have it. (laughs) But fast forward to last year. Okay. Where I had the opportunity, thanks to Ricky and Severe (laughs) and the whole Rose City Sound Squad, to DJ for the LA Dodgers. Right? So I didn't tell nobody in my family other than my mom. Okay. Like, my, my uncle... 
called my mom because mm-hmm. he saw pictures like, mm. did you know he was DJing at Dodger Stadium? You didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell anybody. And and we could get into that later. But <laughs> it's just one of, the, like, I just, I've always been one of those people, like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do just it. Just do it. And it might yeah. go back to that. It might go back to how my dad was asking, like, well, what are you going to do then? Mm. Okay, that's what you said you're going to do? And then, like, three days later, well, where is it? Uh, right. Right? So it's like, I want your actions to speak louder than your words. Uh-huh. So one, that's why, like, for me, I won't tell everybody what I'm doing. Agreed. And, like, you don't, like, you don't have to prove anything at that point. I don't. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever had to prove anything to anyone mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Just because that's always just been my mindset. Like, yeah. you're not going to fucking tell me what I can or can't do. Right. But, so I ended up, I think at this point I already did maybe, like, three times, maybe four times that I've already performed at Dodger Stadium. And I went to pick up mail at my mom's house. And my dad was there. My mom was at work. My little sister was at work. So it was just him. And I was talking to him. And just casually, I was just like, yeah. I was like, I'm busy. I got a gig this weekend. And he looked at me like a gig. Like, you're you're a barber. Like, you still do gigs? Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing Dodger Stadium. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, hmm. I'm going to cry. That was it. Uh-huh. That was it. It was just... Mm. so for I, like and i still think to him yeah that's that's it like all right cool i don't think he still realizes what that meant to say don't do what i did mm-hmm. bro I, I don't clock in i haven't clocked in in like shit nine years yeah mm. but in his eyes because the way he came in you had to find a good job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, your son dj's mm-hmm. like i pop up I could pop up to my mom's house at any random time. You couldn't do that when you were having a nine to five. Right, right. You could only pop in on Saturday. (laughs) You were limited. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think at times, I don't think he understands that that meant something. Yeah. But that's that's something that I like to carry to my kids now. Yeah. Right? It's just like, look, dude, what you want to do is fine with me. Mm -hmm. But. Whatever it is you want to do, make sure that's what you want to do because I'm going to help you. Right. And I'm, I'm going to invest you in you. I'm going to invest in you, but mm. I can't want it more than you. Mm. Oh, right? damn. That part. So I can't, I can't make... If you say, oh, I'm, I want to go play basketball or yeah. I want to be like the best barista. Yeah. Like, all right, dude. Well, I like that, the best barista. Let's yeah. fucking like go get you a fucking espresso machine, get you grinders, get you whatever you need. Yeah. Get so you that can start how-to learning book. that craft. So back to the Spike Lee thing, I found the picture that Ray sent me of the book that he was reading at the time. It's Tupac. It is Tupac. And, mm-hmm. it, and I think it's like the opening intro. It says, to our children. It says, we must support our children in every way we can. We must mm-hmm. allow our children freedom to express themselves creatively. We must praise our children and thank them for their gift of inspiration. We must motivate our children spiritually. We must challenge our children to a higher level of achievement. We must increase our children's self-confidence and improve their overall quality of life. So we say to our children, draw, paint, write, act, sing, dance, think, express, and be free to dream always. Yes. So he, And he just he didn't say anything like, oh, yo, check this book out that I'm reading. He just sent me that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, click. Yeah, I, that's it. And he and I, again, I 
we talked about him speaking on fatherhood. He represents that. He walks the talk. He walks the belief. He does that with, and his children are perfect examples of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I had, I had heard way more about his kids before I actually met them. Yeah. And then when I met them, I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, his little These ones, are the prodigies. They're, they are. Yeah. They're such peculiar kids. Yeah. And Kara, the little one, she's a, a firecracker. She's explosive. She's uh -huh. just a burst of energy and, and just, I'm going to get into everything. Uh -huh. Like, just. I'm going to explore. I'm going to create. She's I'm gonna do. A, a little explosive muse. She's yeah. a little explosive muse. And Josh is, is inquisitive uh -huh. and a writer and thoughtful and intentional with every, he has a little notebook. And that's where I connected with him on that respect. And I was like, man. This is no joke right here. Like, yeah, I was about to volunteer myself to be the madrina de honor for <laughs> both of these kids. I was like, what's going on here? So I connected with them, and and then everything made sense. You know, meeting Samantha Ray's wife and and her critical thinking brain and yeah, her sense of humor and how she operates also with the kids. Like, I was like, man, these kids are set up for success. They got good parents, but and they don't. But they don't know that. <laughs> we they will. Don't, they don't know that. <laughs> And, and like even my wife doesn't know that, right? Because like how you say how she like she's such a critical thinker. Sometimes when you think, mm -hmm. and you're a critical thinker, that's all you do is think. Mm -hmm. and you, you don't you don't take the time to like reflect after you thought about what you thought about. Yeah. So there's times where I with her I try to like, you know, I get what you're saying, but here's this yeah. to go with it, right? So can you like so imagine how you're saying like this one's a little little time bomb and this one's a critical <laughs> thinker and this one's just like I got to deal with all oh. that in one package and navigate each one. Yeah. Right. All right? Yeah. And they're even, different. They're I, different people. And sometimes like so when I think about my daughter like sometimes I think about Ricky right. in mm -hmm. the sense of I remember a few times Ricky's always said like <laughs> like people always try to keep me to shut up. Like they wanted me to not say nothing, not right. say a word. Or so yeah. it's just like I don't want to do that to my daughter. Right. I do want to tell her to stop saying the same thing ten times. <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly. But I don't want her to be but quiet. But I don't want her to be quiet. Yeah. Right. You know? So that's when I'll I'll tell her, like, look, I heard you the first time and I already mm -hmm. gave you an answer. You don't need to ask me again. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like I like, can reassure you. Yeah, like today she was like got before it. I came here, she's like, Dad, you're gonna give me chocolate milk, right? Go to the store, give me chocolate milk. I was like, baby girl, I already said yes. Yeah. Okay. And then like three minutes later, Dad. the chocolate milk though, right? The chocolate, like, and I yeah. looked at her, I was like, niña, ya te dije, yeah. right? And my son. Don't need to say it in Spanish now. You know what's funny? She's the only one that understands Spanish. Really? My son, he'll he tell my wife, like, how does she know Spanish? And she spent, as, a, as an infant, not that me and my wife were separated, but just the way our schedule is, my wife. When I was in barber school, she spent more of her time with my son oh. during the day. Oh. Right. right. And then now that my wife has her job where she's at work during the day and I'm with the kids during that time, I was always with my daughter yeah. until right. she started going to school. So I would tell her stuff in, in Spanish. And then my son's like, she knew, she, know she knew what you just said. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro. I've been telling you the same thing for years, but you don't. You ignore me and listen to your mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just the way the world at this point. The way that they had to be brought up. Exactly. It but, happens. But, <laughs> but they do. They 
it, it the way they are, I have to learn how to navigate. Yeah. And I say learn because it's going to be different every time. Yeah. 100%. You know? Like one thing I, 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 I remember when my daughter was born. So like financially, mm. mentally, a lot of things were different uh-huh. for us, right? We were in a way better place financially. Yeah. As a couple, we were married. Right. So we were one mm. at that point. When my son was born, there was a lot of intervening going on. Mm-hmm. where we weren't like eye to eye eye to eye on a lot of shit like it mm-hmm. it, it put a big dent in our relationship mm-hmm. so even as being a parent even though we did agree on certain shit just being hard headed we wouldn't agree on shit mm. because well you're always wrong so you're wrong about this yeah it's like no I'm not like <laughs> what are you talking about you know yeah but so I've always told my son and I remember the first time I told my son, it was just me and him. And I was like, look, dude, I'm going to apologize to you now mm. because your sister's going to get the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I love her more. Mm-hmm. It's not because I think she's better than you. Mm-hmm. But you're my first kid. And I'm. This, it's the first time I'm being a father. Yeah. So I'm not going to know everything you do is going to be a first time for me. Yeah. And I will know after I dealt with whatever situation it was with you, mm-hmm. how to deal with it with your sister. So I'm going to have, she's going to have the best version, version of So me. to my point, how old was your son when you told him this? Uh, probably like six. Six! Imagine as a six-year-old, you're hearing your dad say, listen. <laughs> and then everything he just said. Yeah, and I think that's, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I feel that a lot of parents and they don't they think that just because you're talking to a six-year-old that they don't understand or they don't know an apology but they very much are looking to have an to have an apology from their parent this person that is older because conversation because it gives them that sense of respect that they i am human i deserve this Mm. i Mm. i deserve to understand you and that we can have this exchange even though I'm six years old right. because they very much do get it. Um, so I'm really glad that you that you brought that up and that you <laughs> because, did that with because your kid. If, if I imagine Ray, if Ray didn't articulate that to him, uh-huh. he very much was feeling it. Uh-huh. He very much was like, wait a minute. Yeah. How come she's getting this, this and yeah. that? I didn't get that. But, yeah. But what that, happened with me? That goes back to us being children, right? Not not even mm-hmm. saying like, oh my parents, because my mom my mom is my mom's everything, mm. right? So there was a point in my life with my dad where, it, to me, it was something small to him. Obviously, it wasn't, but my dad stopped talking to me, mm-hmm. like to the point where I would walk in the house, mm. say hi to him, and he wouldn't acknowledge me. Indifference. What is the, what but, the difference? That drives but me crazy. My wife was right behind me. She he as soon as I acknowledged passed, her, he got up, gave her a hug. Gave me uh. a hug. So it's just like, all right, bro. Yeah. And I'm the type of dude like. You just have you don't have to tell me nothing. I'm gonna see it, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put you where I need to put you, right? And Com- I'm not saying compartmentalize. Like, yeah, I'm not saying I don't want people thinking I'm gonna beat the shit out my dad because I won't ever put my hands on my dad. But <laughs> when I say my mom's everything is because through a lot of the shit that I put them through, my mom's never budged mm. to keep her mouth shut. As like I'm not gonna talk to you because you did this, right? 
I'm gonna look at. I'm not gonna look at you. Don't come near me because you did this or because they came here or. She represented that unconditional love that no matter what, whether she liked it or not. That that goes back to your guys' episode of unconditional love. Mm. I only people in life that can have unconditional love, in my perspective, mm-hmm. is a mother. Mm-hmm. Right. Your spouse, all that shit's conditional. Mm-hmm. But that's besides the point. But that's my mom. I learned a lot of shit more parenting wise from my mom. Uh-huh. My mom would put her, like, she would my ass because my mom ain't, my mom does not take shit. Yeah. My mom grew up the way certain, some people say, oh, I grew up, my mom grew up the way you see on TV. Like, uh-huh. oh, this is this and this is that. That was, my mom lived that life. Mm. Yeah. Like, and when other people see it, they're, they're like shocked by it, right? Uh-huh. Well, we're not because that's what we were used that's to, what right? That's your mom. Uh-huh. So it's just like, when I watch movies and like, we'll see like, like, raza shit, a lot of shit portrays how the women are and people are like, oh, that's, it's cool to see it. And I think like generational wise, mm-hmm. down the line, mm-hmm. we'll look at it and be like, oh, that's, that's what it was, but unless you lived with someone who actually lived that lifestyle, yeah. there's a lot of hurt behind that shit. Yeah. Right. But with that hurt came with a lot of love, right? Mm. So, Almost like an abundance of love to, mm-hmm. to kind of close off that hurt and that pain. So yes. I'm going to overdo this part of it and as was, much as I can. Was, that was one thing my mom used to always say. Like, you could talk shit about me. You could talk shit about my husband. You could talk shit about my family. Yeah. Don't ever talk shit about my kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, the way she held it down for, for us, like, even till this day with some of the shit that's gone on with our family, my mom still is that same person. Yeah. The rock. Like, she'll listen to what I'm saying. Like, if me and my brother have an issue. Yeah. She's like, all right. And she won't say, well, your brother this. Or she's you she's that. neutral. She, she remains we're neutral. S- no, no matter how she sees it, we're still her babies. And that's what it is. You can't. You can't fucking make her budge. Like she'd be the worst person to try to interrogate. Right. When it comes right. to their children. So she doesn't have a favorite. She, we've got. I, I've had this conversation <laughs> with you. Everyone thinks I'm the favorite. There it yeah. is. There it is. But I, I, I've expressed the only reason why that might be uh-huh. is guilt on your own behalf <laughs> because, like I've said before, I've done shit my way. Mm-hmm. And I remember so like the phrase. Like, once you leave, don't come back. Right. Right? Your parents would tell... I don't know how... You, like, <laughs> if your mom or your dad ever told you that. But my mom and dad would be like, you know, once you leave my house, you can't That's come it. back. Yeah. Yeah. En regresar. And I didn't take that as like, oh, I can't come back and have like a fucking bowl of frijoles or something. Right. Uh-huh. I took that as like, no, once you're out, you're out. Yeah. Do what right. you gotta do. So I took that shit till this day. And I've never asked my parents for anything. Yeah. Right? Even when my dad was like, yo, I'll get you your speaker. You're like, I'm good. I was like, I'm good. But then he did. But then I turned it into what I've turned it into 15, 18 years later. Later. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's, I don't know. Let me, let me ask, let me ask this. Because you, you said that you think women are the only. No, mothers. Mothers. I'm sorry. Mothers. Because right now, and I'm, I'm no offense, no no offense (laughs) to Wavy because she's not a mother yet. But Wavy can't have unconditional love for a man unless it was her son. I get that. And and for those of you, Wavy is my 19-year-old. Are you 19? You're going to be 20 this, this month. 
She's gonna be twenty February twenty third. She's in the in the studio right now. Our content creator. Our content creator. She's on TikTok because we're gonna be on TikTok. We're on TikTok. We're on at, TikTok. On this frequency. And I love that she gets to listen to this conversation because I, actually both of my daughters have yeah. have a, a great relationship with Ray and have have learned a lot from Ray yeah. in between. But here's the question I want to ask you. So, if your kids do something that you don't agree with. And that you just, this is not what you want, what you like. You don't, this is just, no. Are you going to go the route of your dad where you're not going to acknowledge your kids? Or your mom where you're going to, you know, neutrally still be there? Or is there a Ray way to deal with this? Damn, I never thought about it. Right. Maybe I have thought about the Ray way of doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. I might be disappointed right? if it's a negative action. Sure. But I don't think I would, like, just shut it down. Right. I can't. Yeah, like dismiss. I don't think you would. I don't think you I would can't. either, like, at all. But, be- but, but that's, why, and that's why I go about doing the things I do with them and, and speaking the way I do to them because it's like we got the blueprint now, right? No matter how you grew up, there's a blueprint being written at that moment. Yeah. Or drawn out. Someone's like, that's, mm. and that's like, oh, you don't write a blueprint, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, so the blueprint is drawn out as time is, is going, right? So I don't, I don't see myself going the route my dad went. Right. Although, even though my dad did do that, my dad is also like, he'll show his love for you with mm-hmm. his action, right? Right. So maybe that for him was a disappointment. So that's like, damn, I'm still disappointed in you. Yeah. But like today, he'll still, I'll go over and, and maybe it's a guilt thing. I don't know. And he'll be like, oh, are you still doing like photography? Mm. Like, yeah. And then I'll all try of a to sudden, just dip in a little bit. Yeah, all of a sudden, he'll bring out like this Amazon box <laughs> of like random ass shit. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? I don't need that. But but I take it because that's his way of thinking. Right. Or showing that he's. And you know that, that enough cares. about your dad and that he cares. I, I too, my dad was when I would upset him would be indifferent and like shut it down. And I'm not going to talk to you or acknowledge you. Right. Mm. I remember I had a situation with my son a few years ago. I remember calling my dad and saying like, I'm done with my son. You know, I, I can't deal with this. I don't, I think I'm going to just not talk to him ever again. And I'm going to go the indifferent route. Mm -hmm. And I remember him telling me, no, don't, you know, don't do that. And, and at that point I had just felt like there was nothing else I could do. Like you said, right. I raised my kids very openly, spoke to them very clearly faults, failures, achievements, all of that, because I want, want them to do better. Right. So I didn't know what else to do. And he said to me, take it easy. Trust the parenting that you've done with them throughout. Don't cut them out. Don't don't shut them out. Don't ever not talk to them again. Mm-hmm. Just trust the parenting that you've done, the conversations that you guys have had, and it's going to be okay. Give it some time. And, and it was, I guess, kind of an ironic conversation with my dad because... It's like well, you did that to me, and I I'm thinking that might work because but he, shit. But he realized that that didn't yes. work. Yes. Right. Like so, it goes back to like how I told my son. 
I won't make the mistakes with you. Correct. Mm. But I won't make them with the other ones because you're the, the it's you're the, the first, first time. You're the first. It's the first time you fucked up this way. Right. <laughs> and it's going to be the first time that I fuck up with my response this way. Right. Yeah. So I will know how to take it this way with your sister. Right. And your cousins. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But then too, like, just even like as parents, we got to take note from other parents and not think mm. that other parents don't know what the fuck they're talking that about. Part. Yeah. Right? That part. Yeah. Because they're going like, through it with you. Like, yes. So, like, the mm-hmm. conversations, uh, you say, oh, well, me and Ray have lots of conversations, which we do. And mm-hmm. I think since, what, fucking 2019, 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably speak to Ricky <laughs> as often as I do my wife on a on, on a daily, daily basis. basis. Yeah. Yep. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Ricky has her girls and her son. Right. So, I'm going to listen. A little, and little bit older. And, she has the experience. And yeah. So, and I'm not going to, I may not agree with everything, but then at the same time, I I have to sit back and understand that her perspective is as a mother, not a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So of course, the perspective is going to be a lot different from a per, from a different view. And and Natalie and I had this discussion the other day. Listen to the people around you. Listen yeah. to the people that have experiences, mm-hmm. because even Ray, his kids are younger, right? But there's still shit that Ray says that yeah. I'm like, huh? I could apply. Well, my I can apply this well, to my kid. Is, well, <laughs> to my grown-ass kids right now. Well, the thing is, my kids are younger, but I'm still me. Exactly. And I've lived the life that I've lived, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean I haven't had, like, my cousin's kids. Or I don't think I've had, like, a role in their lives like that. Because, right. Like I said, they're all older, and they right. look at me like, yo, yeah. you're the little dude. You're yeah. the baby. Yeah, you're the baby. You're the baby. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, cool. But I... I kind of get like that whole talking to my kids that way mm. because even now, like I talk to my mom mm. that way. Mm. Like I remember when me and my wife had our issues, and like we we actually split up, mm-hmm. and I would talk to my mom. You know, most men would be like, oh, "I'm gonna talk to my mom. My mom's gonna see it my way." Da, 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 da. Yeah. My mom, it's the same ground she stood when it came to like trying to like be favorites and shit. Yeah. It's the same it's the same fucking <laughs> neutrality. Like, the treatment gr- is the yeah, same. It's the same ground that she she stood on when it came to my relationship like with my that. wife. Good. I like that. Yeah. And she was and, and she's like, well you're my son and I know you so what did you do? Yeah. Mm. yeah. She was objective. Yeah. Or just trying to see trying to make you see from a different light. Mm-hmm. Like hey, if you're very much right, you could be right. But why don't you think about this as yeah. well? Yeah. And then make and, your and decision a, or and, reevaluate. And a lot of what I do stems from like I, I always tell people like you can't you can't blame who you are right off of where you were in life, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because you can't be like, oh, I grew up this way. This is why I am the way mm-hmm. I am. Right. Yes. But like, with a, with a negative notion, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Yeah. And you're why really, would you, you continue about your ways yeah, if you already know that's really, fucked up? You're <laughs> really feeding yourself a fucking excuse. Right. Yeah. To say it's okay that you're doing this. Yeah. Why can't sure. you just take like, all right, well, I learned not to do this uh-huh. because I did it. At this time in my life. Mm-hmm. So this time I'm not going to do it because that didn't work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or my parents did this. So as a parent, I can't do that. Yeah. Right. So it's like. I get irritated when people. I've told Ricky this. You can't blame shit on your kids. Nope. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't blame shit on your kids for mm-hmm. nothing. Right. More so in, in the aspect of. I don't like when people say. I'm I'm not going or I, I, I would have done this but I had kids. 
Oh, uh, yes. Like, don't put that like on them. The, like, what the fuck? Like, I would have went to college, but I had kids. Right, no. Or I would have did this, but, but I, I had have kids. kids. Yeah. I agree but like, with that. Well, first of all, it's that, not your kid's fault that you... Yeah, did. that kid did you not do, ask you were, to be here. You were doing your thing. Exactly. Right? That kid did not ask to be here. But yeah. how do you look at your children as something that's like prohibiting you from doing correct great mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're supposed to look at your children as motivation you're not supposed to look at them like you're oh, holding me back yeah, holding it's me because back. of like, you i can't fuck? live like, my dreams oh, right I, I can't i couldn't do this because i had you and your sisters and your brothers and right right then right. you're like no offense to parents to say that you're a fucking loser you you were bred to be that. this is why i love mm-hmm. right you're a right? loser if you think that if <laughs> yeah. you, I, mean, I mean it's true because and so like, I take it back to my mom again. My mom lived a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I don't try to put my mom's business out there, but she dropped out of high school early. Mm-hmm. I think she was freshman or sophomore. And she dropped out of high school. And it was more for, like, not because she, it was more behind it where I, I don't want to put her business out there like that. But she dropped out years later. I graduated in 04. My mom actually went back to get her high school diploma in 2003. There it is. Oh, that's right? awesome. So even though she did do what she had to do to take care of us, it didn't stop her from achieving what she achieving needed to what achieve. Achieving what she needed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. So I look at stuff like that like, well, shit, my mom graduated from high school yeah. at 30-some, 40-some years old. Why right. can't I fucking do something right, right now? It's you never know? too late. Never. It's never too never. late. And the timeline and the amount of, you know, it doesn't have to be done. I'm going to finish this in one year because I'll know, you know, if you, if it's going to take you longer, it's going to take you longer. And but if it comes parents, at a later gotta, time in yeah. your life, too. Yeah. As parents, you got to understand that, too. Like, yeah, I think sometimes we want our kids to be so great that we put a timeline on them. And mm-hmm. there should be no that timeline. We want them to be like, well, you're this age and at this age I was doing this and that. My dad used to say that shit all the time. A gem drop. I... Listen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, straight up. Back that up. Man, if we could rewind. Here's the thing. I, I just had this wonderful epiphany that I shared with Natalie earlier this week mm-hmm. where I said, you know what? The the disconnect that I have right now with my 22-year-old and my future 21 or 20-year-old mm-hmm. is the fact that at their age, I already had both of them. But that was your life. Exactly. So it's very difficult for me to relate to them now. It's really not. It's well, how? Because it's, it's really not. The thing is, you can't. You, <laughs> you don't know how to separate yourself from that. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. Because what what you have to do is, like I said, you can't. That's like saying, "Oh, I'm this way because of how I was raised," mm. or "Or I was that way because of what I had going on at that time." You're, you're honestly just giving yourself an excuse mm. to why you're going about it now mm. that way, right? Okay. So it's like I'm processing that in my head right now. Be, well, because <laughs> you're the thing, and it could be envy, it could not be, but it's just like one of those things. Yeah, because I'm looking at them like, come on. Like if I was your age, I, exactly. But exactly, you lived your life your way for a reason, right? Right. But granted, his wave is laughing back here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tell my mom. But at the same time, your kids need to understand that aspect also. Mm-hmm. So when you approach them. They can't take it to heart like, what the fuck, you mm-hmm. know? Or they mm-hmm. can't even be insulting and yeah. saying, oh, well, you had kids when you were my age. Right. I don't have kids, so I should, I'm should. i better than you already in yeah. that aspect. Like, right. you can't, as humans, mm. we can't try to one-up each other in that. 
right? right? Like you just got to take it for what it is. Right. You lived your life that way because you had your children. Your children don't have children and they're already hitting that age where you had children mm -hmm. and they don't have children, but they're living life. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to look back at it like, oh, I would have been probably living my life the same way they are. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? And I, I do ask myself that more often than not. And I th actually, I say not relatable, but I, I do relate to even this one that's in here right now, Wavy. She's she's a painter. You know, I loved painting. I loved doing it. So I look at her and, and even though there are certain milestones that I wish she would hit now as a growing adult. I look at her creatively and I'm like, she's, you know, she's going at her own pace. But yeah. see, you know, so you know, because we've talked about it, like everything's in time. Yes. Right? So you saying like you wish there was milestones, those are your milestones. Right, not theirs. Her yeah, milestones aren't the fucking same. At all. You know what I mean? At all. Like, if you were doing the nine to five and full time mother, I'm pretty sure within that time frame, you didn't think about painting anything or no. writing something. No. I'm pretty sure then you wrote less than you do today. 100% true. So those this is why I talk with Ray all the time. <laughs> those, are, those are your milestones, not not theirs. Yeah. And that that's where a lot of times we, we, we end up doing that to our children, right? Where yeah. we, damn, bro, if I'd have had that time, I would have did this and that. Right. But then we got to sit back and understand that's not, that's not and what it, what, what, if that was what it was supposed to be, that's what it would have been. Which yeah. taught, which Ray and I had a conversation about that whole being a dream killer for your kids. Like we we talked about that, and we were like, man, we don't we don't want to be that for our kids. And sometimes, and that's why it is important to talk to people because they will see a different perspective than you're living. Right. So I'm right. over here thinking I'm trying to do the best to not dream kill my kids' dreams. Yeah. But inadvertently, yeah, I am. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't think it's inadvertent because you're fearful. Right. I, I always say, I always say like, and I tell Ricky this all the time. It's like my mantra, lower your expectations, lower your <laughs> expectations all the way she down here. Don't like, expect anything from anyone. No, you're not, no, you're not supposed to. Like, you know what you're, I mean? You're like on point with that shit, Natalie, because you can't sit there and expect. Because you're going to be fucking disappointed all no the one time. Does, no one yeah. does things your way. Right. right. At the end of the day, no one does things your way, or the way that you want them to do it, because no one, does, no one's a mind reader. How are they supposed so to like know? So, like, you like, like, Natalie, yeah. even you being an expecting mother, yeah, you're gonna get Ricky, and I'm pretty sure Ricky's gonna be like, Natalie, don't do that. Do it this way. Hell yeah, I tell yeah. You know, But that everything. doesn't mean that it's right. 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 And mm -hmm. you might have a conversation. Or with right my wife. for her. Right. It might. You're gonna have a conversation with your mom. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have different conversations with different mothers. Yeah. All you can do is just. Put it in your own perspective and go about life. Your own spin. Right, right. Because you can't, like you said, you can't just lower your fucking expectations. Yeah. You'll be much happier. And I think you'd be much, everyone at that point wins. Because then who's the fool? Right. Mm. <laughs> who's the fool that I'm disappointed in you for not doing what I thought you should I'm the fool done. for having an expectation. I'm with that. I Man, believe me. And that's ever since... Mm -hmm. that's been in my head about not expecting things from people but a lot of people will, will say that that's not a realistic thing and that's a whole other topic I want to circle it back to this fatherhood thing I want to say that I feel like I got if I were to ask you you know what made your dad great I feel like you talked about that thoroughly what made your dad a great dad right 
because it is the end product, which is you, right? See, and then, some people would be like, yo, you're fucking conceited if you said what made your dad great was the fact that you're here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he fucking had me. What do you think he's fucking great? I'm here. It's who you become. It's who you become. It's who you are, you know, to your kids. Mm-hmm. I would ask, you know, what do you think makes you a good dad to your kids? Mm. The fact that I don't see myself as a dad. Huh. I didn't expect that answer. What do you see yourself as? I mean... To your kids. Let me, let me, because the thing is, I am a dad, right? Yeah. And I do see myself as a dad. Yeah. But I try not to carry too much of our life experiences. Hmm. Your like baggage. Dad, right? Because it's like how you're, how you just said, ex- lower your expectation. Yeah. Right? If I go about with that title, like, I'm your dad, I'm your dad. Right. Then I'm not going to let you be a child. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not mm. gonna let you be right. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let you because, be. like, when you look at like what a dad is, like mm-hmm. the little girl looks up to the dad. That's the first man she falls in love with. Yeah, the little dude looks up to his dad as his first hero. Yeah. Mm. Well, you can do that, mm-hmm. but you're gonna be real fucking disappointed mm-hmm. if you see me do something that you didn't think was right mm-hmm. or you didn't agree with something that I was doing. So sometimes like, I like that. Is it almost like letting them see that you're human and that you also have vulnerabilities? Oh yeah. Of course. That's important. You know That's I mean? super important. Of course. I'm so like, let's go back to the pandemic, right? Like mm-hmm. my daughter experienced preschool. Virtually. It, virtually. Yeah. So mm. I had to be her fucking teacher. Yeah. I don't have, and my wife could attest to this, I have zero patience <laughs> when it comes to shit like that. Yeah. And But it's an expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Because I look at my children, I'm like, yo, again, your listeners are going to be like, yo, raise a fucking conceited ass motherfucker. <laughs> but if I'm as great as I am, my kids are even better. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So... What the fuck you mean you don't know that's a square? It's a fucking square. It has four sides. Why do you keep calling it a triangle? You know, like, a lot of people will say, like, Ricky's like, man, you're always, like, chill. Like, you you know how to navigate through right. shit a certain way. Right. Like, she says that about me and Severe, right? Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, well, yeah. I was like, but the only people that can take me off that are my children. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, my, my children know how to, like, Flip the switch. Yeah, on I could be cool as shit because a lot of people are like, you don't got a regular dad. Like, your dad <laughs> right. is cool as shit. And my kids are like, you don't know him. But that's also <laughs> what probably gave you a lot of your patience at the same time. That's true. You don't Maybe. Think? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But like, I, I, I even had a moment, and I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I had a moment after my son was done with his class and my daughter was done with their class. Like, yeah. I, I flipped my shit yeah. on my daughter and my son. Yeah. I love that he's sharing this. My my son like cried to me and was like, Dad, just like leave her. Like she's she doesn't know. Yeah. And that's when it hit me like a fucking nine year old is telling me how to parent. How to parent. <laughs> Cause you lost your shit. It, and you know what though? Big I, time. But I imagine a lot of parents are during COVID trying to teach their oh, kids, like trying to do their regular daytime jobs Bless online themselves. and then teach their kids but it, lost their shit a that, lot of times. But that shit that shit hit me hard. Yeah. Like instantly though. So yeah. like when they were done, like I grabbed both of them and I hugged them and I cried. Mm. And I was like, look, dude, 
I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating because this is new to both of us. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how to be a teacher, son. I'm a barber, bro. I cut hair. Yeah. I I take photos of people. Yeah. I don't do what your teachers went to school for years to master. Right, mm. right, right. So, like, I apologize because it's like I was wrong for not understanding that like i expected them to understand that yeah. when i wasn't even giving them the chance to yeah and then scolding them for it and for scolding s- them for it yeah, exactly again why fatherhood is a great topic for him yeah and and uh, i just i love that the repeat theme here is this vulnerability aspect of apologizing yes. to to kids i don't yes. like that's a rarity <laughs> i've never at least like in my family Somebody talking about how they apologize to their child as an adult is unheard of. Right. Even to this day, like with, um, you know, my cousins that have kids or whatever the case may be, I, I will, I have yet to hear a conversation when they've said, and maybe they do, you know, the people, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. Maybe they do have the conversation of like, hey, you know what? I'm apologizing to you because I'm I an adult. Up. I fucked up. And... People, kids take that away a lot. It, and, it makes but them you feel got, good. Yeah, it's, there's a timing to it, though, too. Like, mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. know when to, you can't always mm-hmm. apologize. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you can't, I remember you guys had an episode talking about that. Uh-huh. Like, apologizing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's true. Like, we apologize way too fucking much. Yeah. Mm. So, my kids know when I apologize, it's, it's a serious thing. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's Im- I that's like an important that you said thing. that. Because I'm not going to apologize for every fuck. Nah, bro. Like, if I told you to stop fucking doing that and right. I had to tell you so many times and I had to raise my voice, I'm not sorry that I had to raise my right. voice at you. Right. Uh-huh. Like, right. You uh-huh. made me do it. <laughs> like, I like we escalated this together. Yeah. So what do you think your kids would say about uh, what makes you a great dad? What do you think they would say about you? I don't know. Well, we asked them. <laughs> no, you didn't. We did. No, you didn't. Oh, we did. No, so. Let's I call you bluff because I'm gonna talk to him as soon as I get home. <laughs> let's uh, let's cue Josh. You're number one. What what makes Ray a great dad? My dad is a good dad because he bought me a phone for Christmas. He is a really good dad because he takes my sister to the park and because you know he spends a lot of money on me and you know I don't really deserve any of it. But he also really cares about me and he loves me and he cuts my hair. He lets me go to his photo shoot sometimes. And he lets me go to live streams, and that's what makes him a really good dad. Oh, I love that. I love his humbleness. I don't deserve it, but he gives me everything. He's humble because I told him you don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to give you this shit. And I would say that his love language is quality time. Yeah. Quality time first, and then um, gifts. Yeah. Those two are his his love language. I don't think gifts. Well, because he says that you bought him a phone that was and the things that thing. you and that you buy. So my son, that's his number one love language because that shows love for him. Yeah. But the quality time because he closes with you taking him to photo shoots uh-huh. and to the live streams and, and taking his like, sister to the park, taking his sister to the park, which is important. a selfless. Yeah. It's not even about him. Yeah. It's about how he loves his sister. Yeah. So let's see what Kara said. My dad is a good dad. And he lets me go to the park and cuddle with him and let us get snacks. <laughs> My favorite part was the cuddling. Yes, yes. And the park is important. Quality time. Quality time. It it it, it broke my heart last week. I couldn't take her to the park. Oh. But that was my that was my disciplinary action for her. It was like Okay. All right, you're you're acting way out of line. 
We're not going to the park. We're not going to the park this week. Mm. And every day she got in the car, she was like, you could tell her little face was like, I'm going to ask. <laughs> and I would look at her like, don't ask. It's not happening? Not hey, happening. Hey. You don't have a chance, homie. You got to hold that one in, huh? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You guys, you guys, damn, you guys really brought my fucking kids See? out. See? <laughs> Calling our bluff. That's a damn. That's Do you a, know who we are? That's an OT, OTF first. It is an OTF first. It 100% is. But I thought it was important. And because, and, like I said, you know, kids tell the truth. And they. You don't got nothing about what my wife is saying, right? <laughs> that's for another episode. That's, that's in the vault. That's in the vault. Thank you, Samantha. So I kind of want to wrap this up and transition at the same time with this question. Um, and I asked this because, so as you guys know, of course, um, I'm expecting a child and I've gone through and I'm able to talk to different moms about their motherhood experience and more specifically their childbirth experience. So I get these very like bland, basic responses about with, about, well, to, blah, blah, sorry, my For pregnancy bling. From mothers about their experience, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, it's the most painful experience." But then once you'd have the little baby in your arms, it's the most beautiful thing. And then you forget the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I want to know about the bleeding and the this and the that. Okay, fine. So I also what I've realized in my research with that, and then as we were prepping for the show and having you on to talk about fatherhood, I realized that there isn't a lot of podcasts or articles or mm. conversations. And maybe you you must maybe have them privately with, with other, with, you know, your cousins, brothers, uncles, whoever. Never cousins, uncles, brothers. Okay. I could, I could guarantee you my conversation, like my fatherhood conversations are never with anyone in my family. Mm. Okay. So that's important, right? Because I think we need these stories. So what I wanted to ask you is, do you remember the feeling you had when you first laid eyes on your babies? Mm. What did? What was your experience? What were you feeling? Guys trying to make me cry. Huh? <laughs> yes. We like to do that here on that's this a, frequency. That's a goal oh, shit. for all of our guests. Yeah. To be honest, I so... I think Ricky's seen. I have two pictures of both my kids, where I'm actually mm -hmm. holding them both the same way. Yep. And it is. It's like one of those. Like we have our moment, mm -hmm. and it's just one of those moments. And it, it might seem cliche to people, but for me and the way I I grew up, and the way I knew I wanted to be a father, like how I wanted to approach it. Mm -hmm. Like when I first seen them and I first held them. It was more of those, like, I'm not going to let you go. Mm. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Like, me and your mom could have fucking problems. Yeah. There could be me and you, as me being their father, can have a fucking problem. But I'm never going to fucking let you go. Right. We will figure out a way to work out what we need to work out. Mm. So, that's always been, like, my... my like your my little contract of, of love with them. It's my way of, of just going about everything, and I, it it w puts me back in my in my lane sometimes where, where I, as a father, step out of line because yeah. we got to understand too. Like you said earlier, fathers are humans. Yeah. Right, we make a lot of fucking mistakes. Yeah, 
but we have to acknowledge them and let our children know that we made those mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But that doesn't mean because you made a mistake or because I made a mistake that now we're not together. Like, I'm never going to fucking let you go whether you made the mistake or I made the mistake. I'm going to always fucking be be there no matter what. Nothing and no one will put A a divide between me and my children. Yeah. Whether, like, even with work, I always tell people, look... I can't do this or that until after this time because I have my kids. Mm -hmm. Kids are number one. If if it doesn't work out for you, Mm -hmm. then fuck it. Mm -hmm. And see, and for a little while, like I I was putting work shit in in first or I would be like, and me and me and my wife would have those arguments. Yeah. But it's like, nah, like I I just recently, actually, I I told Ricky, like, yeah, I just explained this to these people that I can't do this around this time because of. My kids. My kids. Mm. And not blaming my kids, but this is just what I'd rather this choose. The priority. This mm-hmm. is where I choose to be within that time frame. Mm-hmm. So, I, it would be that. It would be like just knowing and letting them know, like just mainly through eye contact, obviously, because they're not saying a word to me. Yeah. But that I won't ever let them go. Yeah. I can't let them go. You know what I mean? I know, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my kids to, to go through it. Mm. Oh, I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. doing it internally right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there's always some crying going on there's here. That never crying. fails. But, um, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Do we have any closing thoughts, Ricky? <sighs> this was a good uh, a breath of fresh air. We do want to know, we talked about... Um, we would be asking all of our guests what their favorite episode of On This Frequency was. So, and you mentioned a few this this episode while we've been talking, but... You're an avid listener. You're well, an thank avid you so listener. Much. Thank well, you so much for listening to our That means episodes. a lot. Well, yes. here, that means here, a lot. Here's the thing. Before we go into which a one lot. was my favorite, and I always tell people you can't... It's one thing to always say you support people. Mm. Yeah. Like, you can say it just to say it because you want other people to think that that's who you are. Yeah. Right. Like... I was, the people I fuck with, I fuck with them. 100. Like, like, you go all the way. I listen to, like, I remember the first, the very, very first podcast <laughs> you guys did together. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the most pleasant one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, and, we've and, grown. and mm-hmm. the crazy, the crazy shit about that, though, is we've had conversations that has matured. Yes. Yeah the family of OTF yes. since then, right? Yes. I've been yes. in conversations <laughs> here, whether it was mic'd up or not, with the people that you've had on here. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Like, when I say I, I fuck with OTF, then I fuck with OTF. I'm not saying I feel like fucking Dom Kennedy. <laughs> 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 like OPM, bitches. <laughs> but not like, it, it's one of those things where... and. and Maybe my wife gets tired of it. Maybe she doesn't. But when I fuck with people, I fuck with them. And yeah. I will ride that shit out for them until they give up. Because like I said, I will never want something more than the person who wants it. I yeah. can't, you know? Like, yeah. if you want to be this successful, mm-hmm. let's let's go. Let's go fucking yep. get it. But the minute you stop, I'll stop with you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, my... My favorite episode, honestly, was one of your recent ones with the the letters to yourself. Oh, ah, yes. because Thank that, you. that one that one takes you back to 
Mm. Like the self-reflection where you have to give yourself gratitude. Yes. Like some people think it's you being conceited or you're very like... It's this ego. Yeah, like, oh, (laughs) you think a little too highly of yourself. Right. You have to fucking think highly of yourself because if you don't, who will? Yeah. And And that's reflected. Yeah. That's why they tell you, like, if you don't love yourself... Other people will see that and they're not gonna love you either. Mm. Whether you like even relationships, oh, like you you could you could be in a relationship with a dude, but if he knows you don't love yourself, he's gonna treat you like shit. Yes. So uh, one more time for the people in the back, if y'all gotta <laughs> rewind fifteen seconds to that part, please do. That was mm. yes, perfectly said. But but that's that's exactly what it is. The the letters to yourself, like mm. you, everyone has to take the time to sit back. And just reflect whether it was a year, whether it was a week, yeah. even even the fucking day. Like, I, I we came in and Bartley said he had a, a hard ass fucking day. Like, yeah, bro, go home and think about that day. Write yeah. about it. Wake up tomorrow, and don't even worry about it no more. That's all you could fucking do. Let it go. Yeah, that there's nothing like reflection to kind of bring us back and say, oh, that was fucking, mm-hmm. that was bullshit or whatever. I'm gonna have a good day today. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but see, it, it and it could it could even be a day or even a new moment, bro. Like within oh. that same day. That's true. Right? Like, like even you, a new like, moment. Like your your fucking day was sh- kind of like shit at the, earlier in the day, right? But you're in a new setting in a new moment. Let's fucking live it out. You know what? Um, I'm thinking about the next question to you, which is uh something inspirational. You know, a book or a quote, quote, anything. And what made me think about that was you're saying, and that's very powerful. It could be in a moment that you have the shift in paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. I remember reading, or actually not reading, but seeing Nipsey Hussle talk about how you could be in in a zone and then you get to a creative halt Mm -hmm. and you're just like, ah, you can't, there's nothing you can do to get out of that. And he talked about removing himself from that envi- environment and then just like doing like 25 push-ups, like completely doing something separate and apart. opposite, separate and apart from what he was doing and how quickly that could change his moment, mm. change his thinking, change the timing, and then be able to go back into his zone. That's actually really important. You don't have to wait until the next day. You can absolutely, in that moment of dread and despair, quickly change it up to something or not even just a moment but like fucking on the way home right like yeah. put on your fucking favorite song to rage out to and just fucking that part. let it out let it out yeah. if you got tinted windows no one can fucking see you yeah. anyways that's why my I, I tried that on the way home right and it takes me a while to like get my <laughs> my soul to decompress yeah. from what i was feeling for the day like mm. i i put on so ricky sent me this song the other day it was like 12 minutes long it's an instrumental guitar song and i love instrumental guitar and so I listened to the the entire song all on the way it. home. Yeah. And just trying to like decompress and I got home and I was still just like mm. over this day. Yeah. Over this day. It takes me a couple of hours to But, but to you really know that about yourself. So. Yeah. Right. So even though it, it does take you a couple hours, it's still like those couple hours is better than waiting a whole fucking day. Oof. Yeah. Yes. You know, like it doesn't Facts. have to be at the moment. Yeah. Because I, I got here and I was still like, Ugh. Oh, I seen it. I seen yeah. it. I, I was going to give you the keys of my car. Be like, <laughs> Just take it for <laughs> a drive. drive. Go around the block real quick, bro. Um, 
hey, you but know that you see what, what were you asking? You asked your song. Yeah. Uh, what song. is it? What is it? Your what is your inspiration? Any point of reference that has helped you with your own frequency? Um. Oh, anyone who knows me knows how much I love Draco. Mm. Yeah. So and Wavy knows it too. So mm-hmm. the minute you said that, she looked at my hand. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. And on a daily basis, and I've told you this, Ricky, where like I have my coffee, right? So I, it's like my three things. It's I have nip, coal, and coffee every morning. Mm. Nip, coal, and coffee. Mm. Nip, coal, and coffee. That's, That's it. the recipe. NCC, NCC. And <laughs> love yours is like the one that I always oh, yeah. up there. Like, yeah. And people are like, why love yours? Like, what it's about a powerful this song, song or that? Like, no, love yours. Not wet dreams. Like, nah, I'm not. That. <laughs> <laughs> Like that time in my life was great, but no, like love yours because you have to. Like, yes, it goes back to just everything in life, right? Like mm-hmm. your children, your spouse, yeah. And even if you're not married, like just whatever you have, love the, the people it, around you, or just whatever. It, for some people, some people don't have people, mm. right? So whatever it is that makes you feel happy, love it. Mm. Like there could be some people that are very materialistic. And that's probably why they don't have people in their life. But mm-hmm. whatever it is that you love, love it. Yeah. And it may not seem like much in the moment or much at that time, but it's more than what someone else has. You know what I mean? Like Damn. if you if you look at your life and you go about it every day just mad because of what you don't have, you're shitting on everything you do have. Oof. Right? Oh, say that again. Say it again, Ray. I'm not gonna say it again. Damn. Play it back. Yeah. Play <laughs> Wow, but but that's what it is. You can't do that. You can't, and, and I know I only know that because I've lived it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've lived it where I had a time in my life where I, I why, why does this person have this? Mm-hmm. Why does that person have that? Mm-hmm. I wasn't loving what was mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my. So God. you have you have to fucking love what's yours. Be grateful. And yeah, be and grateful. and at times too, like realize like there's a part in the song where he's like, like yeah. You're going in a certain direction, but homeboy, you went the wrong way. And you have to acknowledge that and still love it. Yeah. And realize, I did go the wrong way. <laughs> Let's fucking make it back the other way now. Yeah. So you have to still love that moment. Sometimes so, sometimes the wrong way is part of your, your overall journey. Oh, 100%. Yeah, bro. yeah 100%. trust the process. For sure. All right. Well, fuck. I think whoever listened to this episode listened to it a thousand times over. Ray never fails to drop uh, drop about a thousand gems and to make some of us cry and the whole <laughs> bit. So we've accomplished what we always accomplish here on this frequency is giving people um, something to be inspired by, yes. a quote that they can take home, a tear to shed, whatever it is. And so... Um, with that, I want to wrap up with um, with reading out one of the um, our reviews. What are these? Yeah, thank you. Our, <laughs> our reviews. reviews. Yeah, our reviews are so important to us. Um, they are the best way. You know, one of the best ways to support us. Um, obviously, list being an active listener like Ray is um, with our podcast, uh, but you can also rate and review our show. Here is one from Miss um, Fluffy, uh, who gave us five stars. Hey. She said, 
These ladies are breaking molds. Never back down. Never give in. Loving your content. Increase the peace. Little flower and little heart emojis. So thank you, Miss Fluffy, Ms. for Fluffy, yes. for that five star rating. <laughs> I love it. We love it here. Um, every week on this uh podcast, we'll be sharing a a review. So. Let us know how you feel about us. Uh, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can give us five stars on Spotify. You can also give us five stars on Amazon. Listen to us on Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to, if you want to um, support even more mm. monetarily, because we need it, you can buy us some coffee. Buy us some coffee. We love coffee here. I'm recently, well, not even recently. I love tea too. Yeah. So those coffee funds will go to great cause. They'll go to some amazing coffee, some ginger tea. So again, thank you guys very much for supporting. And this week's episode is brought to you by Rose City Sound in the beautiful Inland Empire. It's been produced by Juicebox Bartley and executively produced by Big Brother Jake. Send us your questions, comments, or episode recommendations to onthisfrequency at gmail.com. And thank you again to our special guest today, Raymond Andrew. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Raymond underscore Andrew underscore. Do -do -do. Increase the peace, y'all. Bye. Bye. Peace. No such thing. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. Love yours. No such thing as a life that's better than yours. No such thing, no such thing. Heart beating fast, let a nigga know that he alive. Fake niggas, mad snakes, snakes in the grass, let a nigga know that he arrived. Don't be sleeping on your level, cause it's beauty in the struggle, nigga. Those for all you it's beauty in the struggle, nigga. Beauty, beauty. Let me yeah. It's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success. Hear my words and listen to my signal of distress. I grew up in the city and know sometimes we had less. Compared to some of my niggas down the block, man, we were blessed. And life can't be no fairy tale, no once upon a time. But I'd be goddamned if a nigga don't be crying.